Do you want free event planning tools and resources right to your inbox? Sign up for my email newsletter. Go to thatsoundslikeaplan.net and click on any of the episodes. At the bottom of the page, you'll find a link to subscribe to my newsletter. I promise no spam, just useful content. It takes a village to plan, produce, and pull off a successful fundraising event. That village is your event volunteers. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the types of volunteers you need, the structure of your planning team, figuring out your day of event volunteer needs, and how to plan for continuity when you change planning team members. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's get started. I'm Alicia Barga, owner of Ripple Event Marketing. I've been producing nonprofit fundraising events since 2010. I understand the challenges of working with small budgets, coordinating teams of volunteers, and trying to manage all the details of an event while doing other jobs and tasks you have to do. I created this podcast to teach you the tried and true secrets of planning and producing successful events from start to finish. So let's get started. There are three types of volunteers you need in order to plan, produce, and carry out your event. Number one is your planning team, also known as the steering committee. These are your committee chairs. Number two is your subcommittee or subcommittee team members. They help your committee chairs carry out their tasks. And then lastly is your day of event volunteers. Your planning team or steering committee will obviously have larger responsibilities than your day of event volunteers. This means you want to carefully recruit these critical team members. Before you begin recruiting though, you need to figure out the structure of the planning team. Here's the most common planning team structure. If you don't have an event planner like myself, you'll want someone who can lead the entire event. They are your event chair or co-chairs. One quick note about co-chairs. I advise against having them unless the two people have worked together before and are very comfortable doing so. In my experience, when you try to pair two people for a leadership role who don't know each other and have never worked together before, things can get very sticky. You can get friction if there are two different leadership styles. And if the co-chairs haven't figured out how to divvy up the work based on their strengths, things can fall through the cracks and there will be a lot of finger pointing when things don't go as planned. So whenever possible, I recommend only having chairs and not co-chairs. Okay, back to the committee structure. So you have your chairperson that is in charge of the event. If possible, I recommend having a staff person as your event chair or the person leading the event. If you don't have a staff person to spare or you're an entirely volunteer-based organization, you're going to want to recruit really well for this role. In episode 12 of this podcast, I outlined the seven skills and traits event leaders need. Go back and listen to that episode because you're going to want to recruit someone with those skills and traits. In addition to your event chair, for every type of event that you're hosting, 
you'll want a sponsorship chair, a marketing and promo chair, and then someone in charge of volunteers, whether you call them a volunteer chair, volunteer coordinator, whatever that is, that's a key role. In fact, these are all extremely important roles, and you definitely want to recruit based on a person's skills in each of these areas. Besides those four leadership roles, the other leadership roles that will make up your steering committee will depend on the type of event you're hosting. For instance, if you're hosting a gala, you might have chairs for venue and catering, auction, entertainment, decor, games, and so on. For a walk event, you might have a route chair, a safety and security chair, a t-shirt or prizes chair, and so on. You get the idea. The key is to sit down and figure out each of these roles before you start recruiting. For today's episode freebie, I have an example of a steering committee roles and responsibilities document. The R&R document is a fantastic recruiting tool because it outlines what each job entails, the estimated time commitment for that role, and the time frame. For instance, your sponsorship chair is going to have more responsibility toward the beginning of the event planning process compared to, say, your decor chair, who's going to be really busy in the weeks leading up to the event and the day of the event. So download that freebie so you can see what it looks like, and then you can tweak it to fit your needs. Once you have your committee set, I highly recommend that you meet with your steering committee on a monthly basis to make sure that everything is staying on track. Try to set a recurring date, such as the third Tuesday of the month, and just get it on the calendar, get it on everyone's calendar right away. Now that you've recruited some fantastic team leaders, the next step is to create teams for those roles. So your auction chair can't, nor should they, do that work alone. So the next step is to get subcommittee members for each chairperson. And I recommend that you have your chair people recruit their own team members. Depending on the role, each chairperson should recruit approximately three to five people to work on their team. And the reason that I say that the chairperson should recruit their own team is because they're going to find people that they know and trust and with whom they work well. Now, obviously, if that chairperson can't find anyone to be on their team, then the organization should step in and help them. But it's always best if they can find their own team. You might get a little pushback from some committee chairs that think they can do the work all by themselves and don't need a team. That's possible. But emphasize to your chair that not only do many hands make light work, but the reason for bringing team members in is to expose new people to the organization. There was a TV commercial in the 80s for Fabergé Organic Shampoo. If you're old enough, you might remember this. In the commercial, a young Heather Locklear says that she tried the shampoo and thought it was so good that she told two of her friends about it, and they told two friends, and so on and so on. That's what you want to happen with your event, that your team members recruit some friends, and then maybe those friends recruit friends and help you build your volunteer and donor network. One last note on subcommittee members. They should be asked to take at least one volunteer role or shift at the event. 
make sure your chairs let those subcommittee members know that that is an expectation up front. So you have your steering committee. They've recruited people to be on their team. Lastly, you're going to need help on the day of your event with setup, teardown, and everything in between. About a month or so before your event, your volunteer chair needs to create a list of your volunteer needs for the day of the event. I like to do this using a simple spreadsheet. If your event is long, you'll want to break volunteer roles into shifts. Your volunteer chair needs to work closely with all the other committee chairs to find out when, where, and how long they need help on the day of the event, including setup and teardown. Once you have your roles outlined, it's time to start recruiting your event day volunteers. Depending on your event registration software, you might be able to add all your event roles to your registration site and send any potential volunteers to the site to sign up. If you aren't able to do that, you should at least have part of your website dedicated to event volunteers that talks about the need and includes a link to email your volunteer chair if they're interested. The chair can then plug people into the spreadsheet that they've created. I want to talk about an issue that comes up frequently when talking about event volunteers, and that's should event volunteers pay to attend your fundraising event? Here's my opinion on it. Your steering committee and subcommittee members should absolutely get in free. They've likely been working for months on your event. Their spouses or significant others, however, it would be up to you. If, In my opinion, they should buy a ticket, but I would leave that up to you. For your day of event volunteers, it depends on how much they have or will be working and if your budget and space allows you to let them attend for free. I've coordinated events where the event was very popular and sold out quickly. Volunteers for those events purchased a discounted ticket because they only worked a one-hour shift and they were able to still enjoy the rest of the evening as a guest. If the volunteer worked all night, they obviously weren't charged to attend. I've also coordinated events where we've had separate meals for volunteers. Instead of the organization paying $50 a head for a fancy meal for every volunteer, those volunteers got boxed lunches or pizza in the volunteer room. Generally speaking, I feel that volunteers should be able to attend the event for free. There were only a few rare circumstances where my clients charged a discounted rate for those volunteers. If you're in that same situation and you don't feel that a one-hour shift is worth the cost per head for food or whatever your event costs are, then figure out what length of shift is worth it so that the transaction feels equitable. Or do as I did with some of those others and have separate meals for your volunteers. The last topic of volunteer basics is continuity. When a new chairperson comes along, you don't want them to struggle to figure out what to do or have them reinvent the wheel. I strongly recommend that you ask each committee chair to document their processes and procedures for their committee. It can be as simple as typing everything up in a Google Doc, but it should be done as they go along and written in very clear step-by-step -step language. 
don't wait until the end of the event to ask your chairs to document everything. One, they'll have forgotten much of it, and two, they're ready to move on after the event is over. It's really important to have those written processes and procedures for volunteer and event continuity. Let's recap the key points of volunteer basics. Number one, figure out your steering committee roles and create a roles and responsibilities document before you start recruiting and then use that document to recruit your team. Number two, once you have your committee chairs in place, encourage them to recruit their own team members so they know they enjoy working with those people and it will help expand the organization's network. Three, a month or two before the event, your volunteer chair needs to figure out the volunteer needs for the day of the event, working closely with the other event chairs. You also need to determine your policies and details for event volunteers, such as free or reduced tickets. Do they have to wear anything special? Will they eat the same meal as guests or a different meal? Figure out all those details before you recruit even a single event day volunteer. Now this is something your organization needs to determine, not your volunteer chair, unless that person is a staff member. And then lastly, make sure you ask your event chairs to document their processes and procedures right from the beginning and remind them of it frequently. For today's listener action item, download the roles and responsibilities document and adapt it for your event. Think hard about the responsibilities and time commitment for each role that you're adding. Start thinking about your day of volunteers and if they should attend the event for free. If so, what does that mean? How many hours will they have to work? Do they get the same meal as the people who paid full price? Figure out all those details. If you already have a planning team, get them to start documenting their processes and procedures now so the transition to the next event chair goes smoothly. Even if that chairperson plans to stay on for several years, they should still document their process. It's going to help them so that they don't have to try to remember each year what they did the last year. Lastly, sign up for my email newsletter. When you sign up, you get any freebies that I mention in podcast episodes right to your inbox. Now that sounds like a plan. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll see you next week.